0: you're listening to the saint mark's podcast for february 20th 2022 the seventh sunday after the epiphany today's sermon was given by the reverend peter walsh it's based on luke chapter 6 verses 27 through 38. good morning again and welcome for those of you who have been around saint mark's for a while you may remember back to uh, a young man uh, named josh hill who was our youth minister and bishop Who was our bishop in residence? And I remember once we were gathered in a staff meeting, and Josh was characterizing Bishop Grind's sermons, and he said, All meat, no appetizer. <laughs> so today we get Jesus, all meat, no appetizer. You also may remember, uh, I've lost the ability to track time with the, with the pandemic here, but at some point ago I made reference to a book written by an Oxford Don uh, in which he gathers mystical writings under the chapters of the world's religions, and he characterizes those world religions in this way. Voices of the First World, Taoism, the way of Tao, Hinduism, the way of presence, Buddhism, the way of clarity, Judaism, the way of holiness, Islam, the way of passion, and Christianity, the way of love in action. So today, it's all about love in action. Once you put that on as a lens and you look at Jesus' life, what you see is that Jesus is love incarnate in action And you see that the teachings of Jesus are all about love in action. The Gospel today is all about love in action. And the Gospel today contains the teaching of Jesus, which distinguishes his teachings from all others of the great world religious leaders. We all know that Jesus' life and his teachings were completely grounded in his religious tradition, his Hebrew tradition we know from the scriptures that jesus was a pious jew and i would go so far as to contend that jesus was a rabbi and not a carpenter but justin elizabeth and i haven't discussed that yet on our podcast here remember that he is called teacher uh, several times and we also know that the foundation of jesus's love ethic is grounded in the law for those who come to the eight o'clock service and write one liturgy they hear that every beginning of the liturgy, which I'm pointing over there because it takes place in the chapel, which goes, Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ saith, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. That's a direct quotation from the Gospel according to Matthew. Now, as you know, in Matthew's Gospel, we have the Sermon on the Mount, in the, and, and on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is the new Moses, and so that mount is the equivalent of Mount Sinai. But in Luke's Gospel, we get something different. So in Luke's Gospel, when Jesus is up on the mount, he is praying. This is the whole idea that he's going on retreat to get closer to God, and we're going to see that next Sunday when we get the reading of the Transfiguration where he takes Peter, James, and John up on the mountain. And then Jesus comes down the mountain and he speaks to people on the plain. So today we have a, a portion from the Sermon on the Plain, which we started last week with the blessings and the woes. And today, as last week, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He's not speaking to the crowd. He's speaking to his disciples, which means he's speaking to us. And he is laying out the proper understanding for The law of love so the way of love in action begins right from the start and he says I say excuse me uh, I say to you that listen now his word the way he uses the word listen is not the way we use the word listen I was saying earlier that I I, I swore I would never give sermons that talked about Greek words because I thought that was so boring that nobody could stand it and now I'm gonna give you three Greek words I just love the Greek words because our translation doesn't capture what Jesus is talking about. So when he says listen, he is using the word, the word in its original means listening, not like I hear you dude, it's listening with the idea of hearing and obeying, it's listening with the idea of hearing and taking action. This is listening as a call to action. So he says to us, I say to you that listen, and then comes the statement that changes everything. Father Justin loves to point this out with his confirmands, and we've heard this also in our podcast that Jesus is the only one of these great religious uh, leaders who are the genesis of a movement to say, Love your enemies. This is the game changer, this love your enemies. And of course, loving your enemies is an oxymoron, kind of like small crowd or old news or open secret, love and enemy don't go together. So back to the Greek words here, Greek word number two here. So when he says love your enemies, the way love is used in the New Testament, is not different, is different than the way we use the word love. So the Greek word connotes an attitude and a mode of action but not necessarily emotion. So in other words, when I was doing this, I I was in in my living room yesterday and I was going, amore, I mean, this is not amore in Venice in a gondola with somebody singing about love. This is a different kind of love. And this is love that is to will the good for another. This is love that is will. This is the willing, the heart of willing, now, this is made clear in what he follows the teaching with. In the whole of the gospel according to Luke, there is uh, the, the, what I used to call when I taught theology at the Kent School. Some of you grads are right here, as I said at the outset. They had to take that read the gospel according to Luke. And one of the major themes is the God of reversal. And I used to say that's like a, a pineapple upside down cake. Boop, the goods on the bottom. What we have here is a minor reversal. So, And there are five imperatives Jesus follows this love your enemy with, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. You may remember, we, we know turn the other cheek quite well, and if you watch the podcast of a week ago, I punched Justin on the shoulder, and he responded perfectly with turning his cheek, his other cheek. Uh, so we know that phrase, but let's take a look at the last one where he says, if anyone takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. So the coat that they're talking about is really a cloak, and the cloak would be their for people who don't have a home, their cloak is their home, it's their blanket, it's their everything. And, uh, and you remember John the Baptist saying, if you have two of these, give one of them away. And now Jesus is not only saying that for someone who, who takes away your, your cloak, your coat, your, 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 your home of sorts. He's saying, do not withhold even your shirt now this is not like being 22 years old and going to a concert having a lot to drink and somebody is saying that's a great shirt and you're taking your shirt off and giving it to him this do not withhold your shirt means that you're naked there's no pants there's only a shirt and you don't have a lot of shirts at home this is it jesus is saying give it away until you're naked And in the reversal, we have the reversal of the human urge to retaliate, right? That's to turn the other cheek. We have a reversal of what many of us might say is human nature. We also have a reversal of the cycle of violence. This is something Reverend Elizabeth talked about in our last podcast. And then Jesus goes on to say even more, give to everyone who begs from you And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again." Back to the third word in Greek. So this give actually connotes, keep on giving. It really means keep on giving to everyone. And the everyone is completely non-discriminatory. It's not like give to those in need or give to those you feel sorry for or don't give to those who you just aren't crazy about, right? This is give to everyone. And so, this is giving that goes way beyond what is demanded or required in most ethical systems. And Jesus' imperative to love your enemies moves from attitude, right? He says, love, and then it moves to speech. He says, pray for and bless, and then it moves to action, to all of this giving. This is how Jesus lays out for us what does it mean to have love in action. But then he keeps going, which is the way that Jesus does it, of course. And he gives us the so-called golden rule that we somehow all know. You ever notice that? We somehow all know the golden rule. I have no idea where I learned it, but we all know the golden rule. And he gives us, do to others as you would have them do to you. Every major religious tradition has the golden rule. In antiquity, what we call the times in which Jesus lived, there was the first of ethical systems. That's what the Code of Hammurabi was. Those of you who remember your 11th grade AP history class, the Code of Hammurabi from 1750 BC was laying out, in some sense, the first ethical legal systems. How are are we to be? And in the Code of Hammurabi, you hear an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. This is the Code of Reciprocity. And Jesus even has this In the Sermon on the Mount remember Jesus says you have heard it said an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth and a tooth for a tooth this is common commonly known now also commonly known in Jesus's day is the negative golden rule which is do not do unto others as you would have them not do to you so this is the golden rule in knots so to speak, and has a passive nature to it. Just don't do it to them if you don't want it done to yourself kind of thing. But Jesus gives us the positive golden rule, which is proactive, which is do unto others. So again, Jesus takes this movement from the code of Hammurabi to the negative golden rule to the positive golden rule. And then we get three, uh, he puts an exclamation point in all this, and we get three rhetorical questions that each say, what credit, is, what credit is that to you, followed by even sinners? So the first one of these, I won't read all three of them, but the first one of them, it gets to the point. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you, for even sinners love those who love them? Ah, so if you watched the podcast, you know that I am a great fan of The Sopranos. I love The Sopranos. I have seen The Sopranos many times, and I've even listened to a podcast about the making of The Sopranos. And I believe this is Jesus. Even Tony Soprano loves those who love him. Even Tony Soprano lends to those who expects to get in return. Even Tony Soprano, right? So this is Jesus going ah, pointing, pointing at us that we feel great about our oh we love but we love our family or something, and Jesus. Jesus is not that's that's not good enough just flat-out not good enough that's the Tony Soprano thing so Jesus goes beyond the Golden Rule from reciprocity to gift giving and then if we didn't get it bambo we get it again but love your enemies do good and lend expecting nothing in return and then we get the reward and the reason he says your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High for he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your father is merciful. So I took this whole, uh, this whole class in the Introduction to Ethics at the Yale Divinity School about 400 years ago, and I remember that some ethical systems are human-based ethical systems. And so the golden rule Is a human-based ethical statement. Don't do to this other person what you don't want that person to do to you, or do to that other person what you want that other person to do to you. But that's not where Jesus is coming from. He's going way beyond the human-based ethical system to a God-based ethical system where he is asking us to imitate God, to imitate the being of God. So God is merciful and kind to the ungrateful and to the wicked. And we are supposed to be merciful and kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. That's what God does. And we all know the evidence of that. We can all look to the world and say, well, there's no justice. These people who we think are just terrible have all kinds of great things happening to them. And these people we think are wonderful have all kinds of terrible things happening to them. It just is the way it seems. But then Jesus tells us how to be merciful. What do you do and how do you be merciful? Well, he tells us straight out, do not judge. Do not condemn, forgive, and give. And if we do this, we are told, you will not be judged, you will not be condemned, you will be forgiven, and it will be given to you. So anytime in the, anytime in the New Testament you hear this kind of passive, it will be given to you, that means it's God. God, God, God works in the passive sense, in the passive tense, uh, oftentimes in, in, in Greek. It will be given to you. And so how will it be given to you? Jesus tells us how it's gonna be given to us. And he uses the example of a measuring basket of grain. Now, there's too many of you for me to ask and those streaming can't answer, but if you have ever seen a measuring basket of grain, let me know at the back of the church. So I've never seen a measuring basket of grain, but Jesus tells us what it is. But I, you know, you, we all know this, like if you're gonna bake a cake and you don't wanna just like chuck some flour, in, you measure the flour. And so in the measuring basket of grain we are told a good measure this is a proper measure uh, is pressed down so you take the grain in the basket and you press it down in order to make room for more grain and then it's shaken together of course you shake it so that you can make more room for more grain and then we're told it's running over in other words it's not just The the measuring cup, you know, scooped off at the top, it's then an addition, and all this is put in your lap. Now, I love that because I'm always thinking, well, what am I going to do with all that grain in my lap? So this is to say, God is going to give you this super abundance, and we get the super abundance for those, and when we do not judge, do not condemn, forgive, and give. These are the elements that Jesus says are part of what it means to be merciful. And then, after we've had enough of this, he gives us the final whoosh. And the final whoosh is this. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. Ooh. This is to say that God will measure you. And the radical notion in this is that God adopts The judgment of humans based on the standard that the human uses in relations with each other. In other words, God measures us by the way that we measure others. That's what we get. We determine the size of the measuring basket. Our actions determine the size of the measuring cup and how much goes in that. And we get a hint of this that we oftentimes run right over in the Lord's Prayer uh, where we say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That little as we uh, is an if then, as we can be an if then. So this radical way of love asks us not WWJD but WWGD What would God do? We could also do it as WWJD, because Jesus makes incarnate all of these teachings, and you can go right in the Gospel story and and pick out the spot where Jesus does each one of these things. Now, it is a tall order, to say the very least. This is the all meat no appetizer portion of the sermon. And Jesus is uncompromising. He's just uncompromising. These, These are all imperatives. Do, 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 do not, do not, do not, do not. It doesn't say, do it most of the time or after you've figured out that this is a good thing to do. It's do, 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 and do not, do not, do not. Now, my sermon uh, has no pithy ending. I worked on the pithy ending. But there is no pithy ending to love your enemies. There just is no pithy ending to it. Because there is no end to contending with it. You just, it's just something that Jesus says right out there, love your enemies. Bam. And that means all of us have work to do without ceasing. So good luck with contending with that one. Holy luck, I would say. And I'm just going to finish with the two words, the two sentences that I think are the most important things. And it is, love your enemy and be merciful just as your father is merciful.